0: The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good morning or afternoon, everyone. Depending on where you are. Coming from California, it is morning. Uh, Coming from where our host is, it is afternoon, I believe. So today, January 4th, is Louis Braille's birthday, yay, makes me excited um, as a, a, uh, an aficionado and, um, and uh, supporter of Braille literacy. And uh, so I'm Christy Crespin, your facilitator. Today we have Herbie Allen as our host and Larry Gassman as our streamer for the ACB History Book Discussion Group. And we are talking about the book, The Unseen Minority, A Social History of Blindness in the United States by Francis, F-R-A-N-C-E-S, initial A, last name Kessler, K-O-E-S-T-L-E-R, published by the American Foundation for the Blind, in 1976 and 2004 and Herbie would you like to give the particulars
1: certainly if you, you want to participate at any time you can raise your hand on the pc by doing alt y on the mac option y if you're on your smartphone or device go under more you'll find the raise hand button And if you are dialing in via telephone, star nine. To mute and unmute on the PC, it is Alt-A. On the Mac, it is Command-Shift-A. On your smartphone, it is on the left. And on your tablet, it is in the middle. And if you are dialing in via telephone, it is star six to mute and unmute. All right.
0: Thank you. So uh, I know some of us have been in various stages and, you know, this is the first time we're meeting in 2022. Um, and um, so we've been reading the uh, beginning chapters of the, this book and we last stopped at chapter 13. So I know in some, um, one of my uh, um, discussion posts, I said for us to read chapter 14 and 15. And then in this last one, because I couldn't remember, I said read chapter 13 and 14. So wherever anybody is, that's great. I actually will confess that I did not read chapter 15, but I know Livy has. So (laughs) that's awesome. So, chapter 13 is the showcase of the blind. Chapter 14 is the workshops. And chapter 15 is the Magna Carta of the blind. So, uh, what I usually do is ask for people to address um, what is it that uh, maybe something you've gotten from Um, chapter 1 through 12 of this book um, or something that you've gotten from just an overall uh, educational reading from this book. So hopefully you guys will help me out. Don't uh, let there be a lot of dead air and Christy talking all day. We can't have that. So, um, so what have you? What ha, what has uh, been something that you found either interesting? Livy about- has her hand raised.
2: Okay, thank you, Livy. There we go. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I've noticed um, in this book is how complicated some of these issues are and how it took years and years for some of these things to, you know, uh, evolve and and be as to what we know of it today. And I'm thinking of AFB particularly and Helen Keller's work and um, Irwin and others, um you know a lot of this happened in the 20s and the 30s before most of us were born and um it's just you almost have to have a scorecard to keep up with you know who did what when and um it, it was i found it very uh, complicated to a degree and um but yet very informative Because it gives us the background of so many of the agencies that we all deal with and have dealt with in the past and that we're dealing with right now.
0: Thank you. And the 2004 version actually does have this timeline thing um, that I have taken just a small look at, but it does have in the Bookshare version, um, a timeline of of events. But yeah, I found the same thing. It's like names that are being dropped. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? Who? Isn't Joseph Klunk the same guy we read about in People of Vision? Um, or am I getting names mixed up? You know, I mean, so I, I'm, I'm finding myself Lots of names, and then we don't see Helen Keller's name for a while, and then all of a sudden, Helen Keller's name's there again. So, yeah, it's it's a pretty um, in, in a way, it's fast paced, um, and and it does jump around a bit, but that's how history is. Anyone else? <coughs> Beth, you going to chime in for us?
3: Nellie? Did you say am I going to ah, chime in for you?
0: Yeah. Good morning, Beth.
3: Good morning. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I forgot to raise my hand, but I, I thought I heard you call my name. So. I did. <laughs> um, I still, well.
0: How far are you in the book?
3: Mm. <laughs> I barely got it. Um, mm, about a week or two before Christmas. Uh huh. And then my player broke. Oh no! <laughs> we can't have that. Uh, yeah. So I have to. Um. But I I've found it very fascinating so far. Um. Uh, I had, I wish they would have left the workshops alone in a way. Um, well, our state doesn't have any, and I wish they still did, because, um, I'm one of the older people, and I really don't care, didn't care for mainstream public school. And I don't really care to, uh, I didn't mind when I worked with the Catholic Charities But even even today finding a doctor I'm like, I don't want a woman doctor. You know. So so you
0: like the segregation? You you like the ability to just kind of like hang out with your the blind guys and and get your do the job, get your job done.
3: Yeah, I don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't like to really compete against sighted people because I know that how that goes, uh, especially with older workers, last in, first out, and guess who gets the boot? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm like, nope, that ain't that is not my cup of tea. I mean, I got into Catholic charities because. Because I could because my my kid's father speaks Spanish and uh, and several of the Latin people recommended me but um, you know mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't mind it, but I mean mainstream competitive employment I was never of, really that fond of because I don't know and some <laughs> people yeah, and some people
0: just really... You know, feel more comfortable or felt more comfortable, um, but on the other hand, um, to be put into um, to be put into a a box, um, which is kind of what happened with a lot of blind folks. You know, you had the occupations they they and and the surveys that they did. Um, Didn't really say when they said professional, what was professional? Um, You know, they, I don't, I wonder when the last time they've done um, surveys on um, the kinds of jobs that blind people are doing. Um, And maybe somebody has an answer to this, but I'm, I'm wondering when's the last time they've done surveys? um, What, what you know we, we always we always ask what can blind people do? Well in um, in the in the New Deal with uh, Roosevelt um, through the WPA, um, there were um, avenues that were being discovered and were not necessarily, uh, Shown in the in the data that was that was obtained from the surveys, you know, talking about um, machinists and um, how Ford uh, was really good at employing uh, people with disabilities, including visual impairments. Um, the folks working on the talking book machines. Um, um, and 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 folks in other kinds of, uh, um, I guess, unchartered
3: territory. Anyone else? And see, oh, that's ahead, what Dan. I would have liked to have done is work in a machine thing like that uh, all the time. I don't want a technical job. I don't want to. I hated math in in school, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I that- sure don't want a job where you have to use computers all the time and algorithms and all this stuff. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Well, again, yeah, different strokes for different folks. And it would be nice for inclusion. Um, I know that um, some people who I, I wish I invited to the call, but didn't come on yet or probably won't come on, I wanted them on the call because I wanted to hear their opinions about um, the workshops and the um the the types of, of of things that were were started. The to me it was amazing about um as I said, the quote occupations for the blind in quotes. Um the uh, chutzpah of some folks just saying, heck no, I'm not doing those things. Um, and then Beth, you're on the other end saying, yeah, I wish that they would have just left us alone and let us do um, those things like the workshops. Um, we had um, uh, in, in education um the um, the other thing that happened was and, and starting to talk about um, chapter 14, um, they had residences. They had to separate the schools from the older blind. Um, and so then they would have workshops in and, and older blind, Uh, folks' residents for adult blind. And, um, you you know, um, I remember when I was a young social worker hearing about a couple of those kinds of homes in California. um, And I don't know that they exist anymore.
4: This is Nellie. Uh-huh. Nellie. You know... Thinking about um, the impact of um, workshops and and people who um, you know either uh, benefited or were were held back. Um, you know, I remember um, uh, two people who um, you know, um, uh, Natalie and Benny Moore. Oh yeah. They worked at CIB and California Industries for the Blind and when that was um, closed down, um, you know, they had worked there for a long time and they were not prepared and they were not assisted, you know, to find um, any other kind of occupation. So um, basically, um, you know, they ended up um, living the rest of their lives on SSI. And um, um because it closed down right about the time when SSI started. In right. Around 1974 or five oh. or about mm-hmm. uh, CIB closed. So um so that was unfortunate, you know, if, if 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 they had been prepared um you know for another occupation uh after CIB and and that workshop used as a as a training ground and stepping stone to something else, um, you know, that that would have been beneficial, but that didn't happen. They were just closed and the people, uh, you know, ended up uh, staying home. And um, uh, the only people who benefited um, uh, to any extent were the people who were managers. Yes and you know Tom Shannon was one of their managers and so he went on to do other other kinds of work but um you know the majority of people did not so um so you know I can I can really look at at both sides of the coin and and you know going back like in chapter 13 it was so um tedious um how each Uh, step uh, to uh, do something beneficial for blind people was, um, you know, faced by um, just all kinds of opposition from sometimes really surprising places. And um, you mentioned the surveys and, you know, in the late 1920s, they did surveys on occupations that absolutely had no validity because they didn't include, like you said, uh, there was no um, inclusion of people working in professional fields, which there were people at that time who um, had professional fields. Um, They were, you know, college professors, they were teachers, they were um, social workers and counselors, and um, uh, they- Senators and attorneys. Yes, 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 Uh none of those those people were included in this information, and so the results were um, basically um, worthless, and yet um, the powers that be um, accepted them uh, as if, uh, you know, they were the gospel. So uh, that that was uh, very disheartening, you know, to read that. And go ahead. And also, um, all of the efforts to um, establish um, vending stand operations in federal buildings um, was, you know, even when there seemed a glimmer of hope of, of, um, you know, this being approved, then um, nobody wanted to be in charge of it. Nobody wanted to have anything to do with it. Not my building. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, it it failed several times before, you know, the the process started in the late 20s and it wasn't until the mid-30s when Randolph Shepard Act uh, finally, um, you know, was uh, passed. And even after that, then then it was, you know, a very slow process. process to to get these um, um, businesses established and 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 work out all the um, all the issues that went along with it. Um, it it really stuck in my brain about you know that uh, at one point they said that uh, it was okay um, to allow a blind person to have uh, a vending stand in rural in buildings and then, Um, you know, in a few weeks uh, that approval was reversed and they didn't allow any kind of a structure or a table or anything where they could store their product and the person had had to have either a chair or a stool that would be removed after business hours. Yes. And I was... Can you imagine? I was so angry when I read that. I thought, you know, how demeaning... And yeah. how can anybody, uh, you know, succeed that way?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that struck me too. And I mean, I was even just trying to picture how did they do their work? How did they sell? They could. Where did they put their product? Yeah. Um, where, how did they take the money? Mm-hmm. Um, how did they bring their, their stool? And their product to and from the facility, all of that stuff just kind of went through my head. Yes, yes.
1: And Beth has her hand raised. Go ahead, Beth. Um,
3: oh, I was going to say, I liked, I liked the vending stand profession, but and I also wanted to be a, a masseuse, but that wasn't offered to me. By the time that um, I graduated in 78, and by the time that, um, you know, I wouldn't have minded a professional job as long as it didn't have to do with math. <laughs> <laughs> like, say, Social Security. I know some people that work for Social Security. Um, you know, the forms were there for you. But they're like, "Oh, why do you want to be a masseuse? The market is so, um whatever, saturated with masseuses." You know. Yet my stepmom told me that all all the blind people, a lot of there was a lot of blind people in Japan that were masseuses. You know. That's, yeah. That, rehab that's has other I- trade. Rehab has other ideas. You know, and I'm like, I'm I'm horrible at math. I don't want a job that has to do with math, and. Um, so by the time they closed down our industries for the blind, which was in 2000, like the young lady was saying, um, a lot of blind people had been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked there part part of the time after Catholic Charities downsized, and uh, <laughs> there was nothing for us to do, you know, and it. <laughs> At 40 years old, I'm really going to go find another job, mainstream job? I don't think so. Yeah. And the jobs a- that I wanted, they didn't want to help me get, you know? Why do you want a vending stand job? Why do you want? You need integrative, competitive employment. Are you kidding me? I want a even date a sighted guy from here. Huh? My husband is, he's sighted, but he's not from here. He's from Cuba. <laughs> yeah. You well- know? yeah
0: so it it a lot of people were displaced uh when the workshops were changed when the when when things closed down. The other thing is uh something that stuck with me is they um they excluded blind people from management positions basically um they, they said that the workers had to be blind, but the managers didn't have to be blind.
1: And, yeah, exactly. you know, there
0: there was such a... That's, that's so frustrating that the, there was such a misuse of power there. Um, you still see it today. I mean, I'm looking at agencies where the... Maybe the head of the agency might be blind, but that's kind of like a token position. And yeah. anyone in supervision is sighted. And the less sighted you are, the lower your position. Um, and so no totally blind person is supervising a sighted or partially cited person. And I don't know if y'all know what I'm talking about, but um, if you maybe can think of agencies in your state, uh, let me know if that's how it is because that's how it is with some of the places in California.
3: Yes, that's how it is here in New Mexico too.
0: And it's still, you know, this is 2022. And it's happening that way. So I see that we have Paul. Do you have anything that you would like to contribute, Paul? Have you read the book or are you just listening
1: in? Um, Well, I have not read the book. In fact, this is the first time that I've known about the group that you have. Oh, um, you're welcome! I, I thank you. I the only thing I mean, I've never been in a workshop or anything like that. I I'm retired in a sense. Uh, I worked um, for actually at the Library of Congress for about forty some years. Oh! And, wow! Um, wow. But, but not at the National Library Service. My late wife worked at the National Library Service. I worked um, um, downtown. My vision was a bit better. I've always had low vision, uh, mm-hmm. but now I'm legally blind. Mm-hmm. And um, But anyway, um, I know what you're speaking about, not so much. I mean, obviously, you're speaking about uh, specific workshops. um, Oh, I'm speaking about
0: organizations uh, all over.
1: Right. Well, anyway, I mean, in a mainstream environment, um, like someone with low vision or who could be blind, or for that matter, even other disabilities, like the Library of Congress would have uh, people who are deaf. They had uh, programs in conjunction with Gallaudet. Uh, university Um, that even though the employees uh, would have a disability and they would be hired to do work, there would be no chance at all uh, for a person to uh, get to a uh, supervisory level or to a position where you could make policy decisions uh, about the work. Um, you, You could be hired to do the work but not to actually uh, be uh, someone who would um, be establishing the uh, um, policies for the work or supervising the employees. So that's about all that I could say. I don't think that anything else I could say would um, apply to anybody else there. Um, I mean, anybody in the group, but anyway, I, it's an interesting subject. That's why I, I called in.
0: Paul, I hope you have an opportunity to read the book.
1: <coughs> I, well, I, are you going to regularly discuss this or other books that are similar? Oh uh, yes. I, okay. Yes. Well, I'll be I'll be on the lookout for that, and I'm going to try to read the book. Um, I just found out about it, you know, today. So, if it comes up again, I I hope I would have read it. Do
0: you have bookshare or Bard?
1: I have Bard.
0: Okay. Bard has the 1976 version. Okay. And and excuse me, I'm going to have to go get some water. And Bookshare has the 2004 version. Okay. um, That has a little bit more, including the timeline. Mm
1: -hmm. Is
0: anyone reading the Bookshare version? Or just me? No, we don't have very many people on this call this morning.
3: Ah, Tim. The version I got was um, bullshit. Book, no, Bard. The version you have is Bard. Yeah. Uh
0: huh. Okay.
3: That's why when my new it's on a cartridge. That's like when my uh, talking when my digital player broke, I'm like, Uh-oh. "Oh, oh,
0: too bad you don't have a, a a downloadable like the Victor."
3: I know. I'm trying to get one. I had a book sense, but they don't make them. They don't make those anymore. Yeah.
0: I think, Nellie, you had a book sense too, didn't
3: you? Uh,
4: no, I didn't have. I was going to get one, and I oh. and didn't, and I'm glad I didn't. Oh. <laughs> what I had you know, before the oh, book, book since, I had the book port. That's what it was. I used that for a real long time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, In in talking about, um, I was really hoping that I could get artists or somebody who was is familiar with um, books. Sh- w- I'm sorry, with the Randolph uh, Shepherd Act and the the various changes that have been made. Um, we had um, some movement and um and uh roosevelt was uh, very um um enthusiastic and and helped a lot with the randolph shepherd um act and um i was i was reading about how um, um the various personalities of the blind folks, they, they were blind, they were fighting for and against uh, uh, things to be passed on um, how they pestered um, different people. And they were told no, 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 no. And so they went to a uh, President Roosevelt himself and, and the, the agencies were shot down, but then they took it upon themselves to um, make regulations. And, you know, that's what um, the powers that be continue to do today is make regulations. Um, and I was struck with how um, today... And really back in, I want to say the 80s, 70s and 80s, um, that other entities began to infringe upon the uh, vending operations in the federal buildings, in the state buildings. Um, So now we have... um, uh for instance in um the lomaland va where we have gone um they they uh kicked out the the vending uh, program the bep and they brought in things like mcdonald's and carl's jr and and uh, burger king and um it, at uh patton state hospital everything is privatized and um I tried to fight uh, when I came in 1998 to patent. I was appalled that they had not been using um, the the BEP Business Enterprise Program. Um, but then again, um, looking at the BEP um, and at its faults um, and its frustrations. Um, My husband was in the the BEP in the 70s and um, it was uh, um, basically sabotaged the whole, you know, the program Um, and there were loopholes so that uh, employees or other uh, vendors could come in and take over.
4: So um, um Christy, uh-huh that's very similar to what they were talking about in the book in chapter, yes. 18, where um um other entities <clears throat> were permitted to to install um um uh, vending machines that dispensed milk right. um in a building where that already had a blind vendor that sold milk. So right. basically, you know, they uh, took that away from the vendor. And so nothing has changed. No. And, and there's not, there doesn't seem to be uh, any enforcement no. of, you know, a, a blind vendor's right, you know, sole right to have. Um, business going on in that building as opposed to other entities just coming in and and stealing it. Yeah. Taking it over. Yes. There's no, no uh, enforcement. I think it's worse. That's why I was kind of hoping that artists
0: would come on Mm -hmm. um, or somebody else who's real familiar with the, with the vending programs. Um, Maybe I'll try to invite um, like I did with the other with the people of vision, maybe I'll try to invite some kind of a panel where people can talk about the, the BEP and the workshops, the uh, national industries
4: for the blind. Mm-hmm, um,
3: mm-hmm.
4: And, uh, that would be very interesting um, because you can, um, you know, um, talk about the, uh, you know, the events that the book represents and the timeline and the legislation of what the book represents with, um, you know, actual, um, you know, uh, events that the members of the panel may have experienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you
0: guys have any ideas, you know, send them my way or, uh, or contact the people yourself and say, hey, you know, we want you to participate in our discussion. Um, Another interesting part of chapter 14 um, is um, that they've started bringing up the Wagner O'Day Act, um, which. You do I have was... a raised hand. Okay, go ahead. Paul. Paul.
1: Um, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to want to interrupt No, that's okay. You, but,
0: no, that's but, fine.
1: Um, I, I just wanted to mention. That uh, during my time at the Library of Congress, that um, there were two vending um, um, coffee shops f- uh, that were uh, under this uh, Randolph um, Shepherd Act. Uh, I mean, they had they were operated by uh, blind vendors, um, uh, or f- uh, well, husband and wife. Uh, uh-huh. And anyway, uh, one gentleman. Uh, Died in the early 1970s, I think, and then that that particular coffee shop, you know, ceased and and it was uh, converted into one that was, uh, um, uh, I guess, used. I mean, um, rented or made available to a commercial. Uh, company and then Mm -hmm. finally the other couple uh, retired uh, about a decade later and the same thing happened there so like well of course today there's no uh, uh, facility that's uh, as far as as I know that is serving food or anything in in the Library of Congress because of the pandemic but um, anyway uh, before the pandemic for the last I don't know, 20 years, I think, or something, there there was never anyone that um, I would identify with the Randolph Shepherd Act or, you know, a blind vendor. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: and I don't know if that's what you're talking about. Yes, whether, exactly
0: what I'm talking about. And
1: and I, I just, at one point, since I've been ignorant of it, um, I thought that maybe um, the... Uh, the, the program of having these um, uh, facilities that were operated by blind um, people, uh, that, that the legislation or the program had ceased to exist or something. So, I mean, I just didn't know whatever happened, why they never were able to find other people to come in and take over the business. Um. So anyway, I just wanted to mention that because they certainly had enough people uh, at one point, you know, years ago um, to make a living um, doing that.
0: Right. Well, they opened it up to competition and and unfortunately, you know, blind vendors couldn't compete with commercial.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: Yes, thank you. Uh, so, um, would anyone like to comment on the Wagner O'Day Act that had to do with, um, blind, it had to do with, with workers, it had to do with blind workers, and I believe it had to do with the workshops. Livy, do you, are you around, do you have any information
2: or remembrance of that? Not really. Um, I'm trying to remember what the Wagner O'Day Act was concerning. Um, Was that the end of chapter 14? Yeah. Um, Right now, I can't think of anything per se, but um, the only thing I can think of is, I don't know about you, but to me, just the thought of, you know, us making a broom or a basket or whatever, it doesn't sound very appealing and it makes us look like, you know, well, you're so stupid. This is the only thing you could do.
0: But, you know, some people that was what they could do. Yeah. And yeah. It, And and actually they were talking about how, like, in some circumstances, supply and demand, um, you know, and especially um, during the war time, um, that it, you know, they... The, the, it became very um, it became very necessary. The, yeah. the, the part that bothers me is that blind folks were good for making the brooms, but we weren't good enough to sell them. We weren't good enough to supervise them. Um, we weren't good enough to distribute them.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I remember when I was growing up, I'm just trying to remember, picture, you know, in, in my head how old I was, what was going on in my life when I remember hearing about California Industries for the Blind and National Industries for the Blind. Um, I didn't understand all about it, and I didn't understand, you know, the politics because I was too young and you know those folks are are gone now um the people that really lived it and the people that really you know understood it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's you're pretty sad i i know probably there might be some people listening in on acb link if if you guys you know, did experience this stuff, if you live through this time, come on our, our, our uh, Zoom next week and talk to us about your experiences with this stuff. Even if you haven't read the book, um, you know, you lived through um, the BEP in the 70s, uh, you know, the 60s, the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And you lived through the workshops um, prior to them closing down or changing, or maybe um, you were a professional during that time. And, um, you know, how did you survive as a professional? Or maybe you wanted to do some kind of a job that you uh, were told you couldn't do. Um, You know, how often are we told you can't do that? Um, I remember uh, transcribers. Uh, I remember going to a transcription school and seeing what they did. I don't remember why I went there. uh, Certainly, I don't think that they were considering me to be a transcriber because Uh, I did not type uh, very quickly, and I made too many mistakes. So some folks, you know, were really good at that and became awesome transcriptionists. Uh,
4: Nellie, those were my earliest jobs. (laughs) Okay. All right. And not only was I, um, you know, in the Stone Age, a a dictaphone typist um, when they used the dictaphone and they used these um flexible belts that put into the machine yeah um and you know the the uh, bosses dictated on that and then i put it in my machine and listened and typed um the information that was on there and it was uh, scratchy and very poor recordings yeah and and those belts were only like a one-time use you know they recorded them and threw them away yeah but for years that was um, um, a job that um, that blind people did and my my first full-time job um, right out of high school was a dictaphone typist for a financial firm in New York and um, um, and it was kind of funny I think back on it at the time uh, we're talking 1966. And I got paid $2 an hour. Wow. It was considered a really good pay for yeah. a three-level job um, because many people were earning a lot less than that. Uh-huh. And, and I was able to get that right out of high school. But um, it, was, uh, it was boring. It, it, there was nothing um, mentally, you know, stimulating about it. Yep. And um, so I I didn't stay there. I worked there for about eight months and then I um, I quit and, and I went to college. And I'm so oh, well, scared. that was a catalyst. Yes, yes, it taught 'cause Because at first I thought, oh, you know, this is great. I've got a job and this and that. <laughs> and I thought that 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 was, um, you know, seeing that people got jobs and stayed in them for a long time i thought that was going to be for me but uh it it wasn't (laughs) what kind of typewriter did you use uh it was a it was a um let's see it was a selectric
0: yeah ibm Selectric. yep yeah Mm
4: -hmm. yep and and how did Actually, you pro- no. It was before the Selectric. It, oh. was, it was a regu- It was an electric typewriter, but it didn't have the ball. Oh, okay. And yeah, how did so you how did you make corrections? I had to use that correcting paper um, mm-hmm. to um, and everything I had had a carbon copy, but I had to use the correcting paper and and backspace and and type on the letter and um, and then um, and then type over it. And I was um, uh, I was a very accurate typist, you know, from the get go, and I and I typed really fast too. So um, so I I I did that, and and you know, my work was acceptable. I did a lot of correspondence that was actually going out to people, and uh, but uh, that was my first full time job, and uh, but. It was very hard to get a job um, because even if I was qualified and went to the um, the placement agencies, some of them were uh, reluctant and unwilling to send me out to one of their clients as mm-hmm. a, to be interviewed.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And in fact, at one point, I got thrown out of a placement agency. Um, <laughs> so I, I I was being very persistent with... Nellie, the- I can't imagine you doing yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I was being very persistent with a uh, uh, person, and I'm telling him, well, well explain to me why. I can't. You know, I can't. And I says, well, what's stopping you? I can type, I'll show up, I'm responsible, and I was going through all my list of things, and then finally he said, get out. <laughs> <laughs> what a joke.
1: Yeah. We don't want to deal with it, yeah. That happened. He took, he mm-hmm. took the office. So, you have mm-hmm. 10
3: minutes left, and Beth has her hand raised. Okay, Beth, Beth, okay. I'm unmuted. Um, yes, ma'am. that's a lot of what was happening in New Mexico as well. What Nellie said, I had also trained for a dictaphone typist or like a a medical transcriptionist Mm -hmm. both my sister and I did uh but she's two years behind me and she's a high partial well they just gave me the dictaphone and uh they didn't give me a medical dictionary or anything I just had to learn the terms from the from the dictaphone and uh, they and she went to she went to school in another state she went to New York with my grandma and uh They gave her a a dictaphone and I mean, not the dictaphone, supposed medical uh, note cards and a medical dictionary that she could look at and Mm -hmm. and all kinds of stuff, you know. And I somehow I don't think these rehab counselors checked out like the uh, community colleges that they sent you to.
0: Right. In fact, well, I know were, they didn't. They were not even community colleges. They were um programs. Um and I don't know that they were I think some of them were private.
2: Well
3: mine was oh wasn't. well no ours ours was at a community college. Okay. And and um I did take that program, but then um, Mm, the teacher didn't think that I could pass it because I had to use correction tape and stuff like that. And then, um, I was the only visually impaired person in the class and it seemed like she really didn't want to bother with it. And, uh, and, and so, so then, um, I did go to a two year community college, uh, and I, I I got my degree in, uh, human behavior and, and inside, you know, but there's more blind people here in the state of New Mexico that are teachers and, uh, social workers and different things they went to college for. And then they never got hired. Uh, people like, like the young lady said, there was people were reluctant to hire them, you know, and, right. um, and rehab didn't back us up, you know, Especially mm-hmm. after it became an lose. NFB state. And I, ugh. I mean, Maybe. it was awful. It is mm-hmm. awful. Livvy, you were going to say
2: something?
3: I was going to say
2: they still do. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I can dovetail with Beth because they sent me, um, first I was in uh, Riverside City College. They, I, I went back the year after I graduated from Cal Baptist and took, you know, Certain classes for that, the dictaphone and whatever. And the, the only thing I really learned out of that was how to write a mean business letter, which I, still, <laughs> which I still love to do, awesome. and I'm I'm pretty good at it. Um, and then I, I when I got back home in the summer, I took a, I took a uh, medical medical terminology class at our at BC Bakersfield College for the summer. So you know, I had all that. That background and stuff but I really didn't like it. it it was something I you know I got a job at a hospital for a month and it didn't work out because they said I made too many mistakes and you know I just okay fine and I didn't really like it so anyway
0: well, I can definitely tell you that I would not have made it um so I wanted to uh um ask for um, uh, comments any last comments but before I do that um, the Magna Carta of the blind chapter 15 the war blinded World War one and the new breed those are the next three chapters chapter 15 16 and 17 and um i'm gonna ask that we read those chapters uh for next week so chapter 15 the magna carta of the blind the war blinded world war one chapter 16 and chapter 17 a new breed Um, will be our next assignments so um, we have our work cut out for us but I really want to move this book along Um, and like I said if you out there in ACB land or in podcast land if you have some experiences if you would like to uh, participate please come ahead next week on our on our zoom And we'll have a chance to talk about some of those things before we get to chapter 15, 16, and 17. Um, So, um, any last comments in the last couple of minutes that we have?
4: There's a this is Nellie, OK, there's a lot to be learned by um, um, reading uh, the information in this book. And uh, but the the you know, raises a lot of questions in my mind. But the primary question is, how do we how do we move forward and keep from making these mistakes again in the future or currently? Which mm-hmm. you know yes. the mistakes that happened um almost a hundred years ago, um, some of them are still happening now, you know, with um, you know, the lack of um you know, promoting um qualified blind people into um higher positions and professional positions and management positions. How um how do we overcome um those obstacles that seem to hold people back then and are holding people back now. You know, that, that, that is, that is the question.
0: True. And the other thing is because we are, um, a society of non-joiners, um, we go things alone and the book Bowling Alone is a, a book that I know Mitch Pomerantz has uh, suggested that people read, and it's a very telling book. It's not only, I mean, blind people aren't the only ones, but we, you know, we are not a minority. We are an unseen minority. We need to band together, and we need to uh, find common ground so that we can gain back some of what we've lost and try not to lose more. Mm-hmm. So again, thank you, everybody. I really appreciate you being here today. We had a small group of folks, but those who came, I really appreciate you. Um, some of y'all are sick out there. Get well. Feel better. Uh, remember chapters 15, 16, and 17 for next week. Herbie Allen, thank you so much for hosting. Larry Gassman, thank you so much for streaming. And again, this is January 4th. Happy Louis Braille birthday.
4: All right.
2: Thank
4: you.
0: Bye,
2: everybody. Bye.